Shalom, this is Rabbi Paul Saul from Congregation Shuv Israel in West Hartford, Connecticut. Today we're going to take a look at the Parshot, Tazria and Mitzorah, double portion, which is read on this coming Shabbat, and we found in Leviticus chapter 12, 1 through 15, 33. We're going to look at some applications of this these portions. It says in Leviticus 13, verse 3, the Kohen shall look at the affliction on the skin of the flesh. If the hair in the affliction has changed to white, and the affliction's appearance is deeper than the skin of the flesh, it is a Tzorat affliction. The Kohen shall look at it and declare him contaminated or infected. The Torah requires that the Kohen or priest examine the person with Tzorat, an apparently severe and contagious skin affliction that is often wrongly translated as leprosy. Yet, here in Leviticus chapter 13, the Kohen is asked to observe it twice in the same verse. So why is there such an obvious redundancy? Rabbi Yisrael Yahushua Trunk of Kutno, a 19th century posach, a recognized decider of halakha, opined that it's incumbent that when one sees an afflicted person, that he also sees him as a whole person. The Kohanim were in a sense the doctors of the soul. This is the role of a Kohen, to restore the person to wholeness, to have the imagination to see beyond the person's present brokenness, and to recognize his or her own power to heal. Rabbi Yehoshua of Nazareth, the greatest posek of all, is also the Kohen Gadol, the great high priest who traversed heaven and earth. The Bessarot, or Gospels, record many stories of Yeshua healing individuals who were quite broken. In Luke 14, he chose to heal a man whose entire body was bloated as a, as a result of Sarat. The healing occurs in the home of a prominent Pharisaic scholar. Apparently, the sick man is in some way related to the household and is just lying, suffering, and we might infer dying. What is ironic is that the group of men who were present had the power to heal, but they were largely unaware of it. It was an untapped power since they preferred to stand in judgment rather than to invite the man to the table and see him as anything other than a lost soul. Only those who know they are broken can offer healing to others. Some people, though, are not healed because they choose not to be healed. Yeshua once came upon a paraplegic at the pool of Betzatah, who had been sitting there for years waiting to be lowered into the reputedly therapeutic waters. Yeshua asked the man the most enigmatic of questions. Do you want to be healed? This question seems so counterintuitive. Why else might a sick man wait for therapy? Still, so many people avoid healing, both intentionally and inadvertently. They often lower their ideals to accommodate their present ability to fulfill their potential. Oddly, many people would rather languish in pain and in isolation than risk the failure of trying and of trusting. Therefore, Yeshua's simple remedy was to ask the man to pick up his mat and walk. We are often crippled by our own fear of trying. I've always been amazed and inspired by the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a tax collector who climbs a tree to get a glimpse of Yeshua. From this reading, we can deduce what is obvious in the social historical context of the text. Tax collectors were considered sinners, 
collaborators with the illegitimate and pagan government. Yeshua's rhetoric, though, would say anything but that. He said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Yeshua goes on and describes Zacchaeus as a son of Abraham, too. Yeshua is not merely appealing to Zacchaeus's lineage here, rather to a promise of Torah, which, in that particular social context, had long since been domesticated and dismissed when it came to Zacchaeus and those who were like him. The point here is that Zacchaeus accepts Yeshua's counter-verdict and begins the process of living up to it. He gives half his possessions to the poor, paying back four times what he had gained illicitly, twice the degree of repentance prescribed for such an act in Torah. Zacchaeus' desire and effort to be spiritually healed is matched and encouraged by Yeshua's desire to see him as he can be, rather than as he presently is. I would like to offer one more example. This one is of a modern-day Kohen and the spiritually broken Mitzorah, or contaminated one, who crossed the threshold into his life. The story is recorded in the 1995 book, Not by the Sword, How a Cantor and His Family Transformed a Klansman, by Catherine Watterson. It's a story of Michael Weiser, who was a trained conservative cantor, recently graduated and ordained as such. He was offered the position of spiritual leader of a small synagogue in Lincoln, Nebraska, a synagogue that did not have the resources or appeal to call a rabbi. But shortly after moving his family into a house on Randolph Street in Lincoln, he began to receive threatening anti-Semitic phone calls. You'll be sorry you moved into 5810 Randolph Street, Jew boy. The calls became more frequent and were accompanied by letters as well. They were all coming from a man named Larry Trapp, who had connections and credentials from several white supremacist organizations. He had been terrifying Jews and other minorities in Lincoln for almost a decade. The truth is that the terrifying specter of Larry Trapp was merely an illusion. Trapp was a severe diabetic who had already lost both legs to amputation and was confined to a wheelchair. He was a sad, angry, and disenfranchised man, a victim of abuse himself who used terror to try to regain some control over his world in lieu of the acceptance he craved. So one day when Trapp called Cantor Weiser and his wife, they inexplicably began to read psalms to him over the phone. Following a series of strange developments during the subsequent calls, Cantor Weiser went to visit the man who still was a symbol of fear to his family. He was shocked to see the broken man who had previously terrified him and was appalled at the squalor in which he lived. He continued to visit Larry Trapp until his health had faltered so severely that he could no longer care for himself. Trapp moved in with the Weiser family and in a still stranger turn of events converted to Judaism and became a member of the family. He lived with the Weiser family for years and they became caregivers until his physical maladies from years of abuse overcame him. He was buried in the Jewish cemetery and was remembered fondly by many of the people in the community whom he had previously terrorized. So, to be healed, we must see ourselves as whole. And to fill our role as a nation of Kohanim or priest, we must see others as whole. Let us then rise to this occasion. This is Rabbi Paul Saul. I hope that you've enjoyed this Devar Torah. If you have and you'd like to see others, 
uh, please log on to umjc.org. Thank you.